Hey, this is Brent Cobb, and you're listening to The Barn. On a night like tonight, it's easy to believe love really might be in the air. Temperature is perfect, and I'm pretty sure spring won't be going anywhere. What do you say we all go down to Providence Canyon? Carve our names in the side of a red clay wall. Somebody grab matches, I'll get the cooler. Why didn't we think of this sooner? Hi, and welcome to The Barn, live from The Barn Studio. You got The Mox here with a special guest online right now. We have Mr. Brent Cobb coming to town this week. Brent, how are you, man? Yo, man, we're doing good. We're rolling down the road toward Oklahoma City. We got us one day off, and uh, yeah, it's been good, man. How are you? Doing really well. I mean, you keep busy, right? I mean, this is uh, this is a hot time right now for Brent Cobb. Yeah, yeah, I try to stay pretty busy. Busy. I ran into, uh, you know, Parker McCullum. Oh yeah, yeah. I ran ran into him the other day. I was I had a, a big writing camp that I was a part of. We were all writing for the show Yellowstone, and uh, there was a bunch of writers. And he and Liz Rose were standing over there. Liz has been around a long time. Wrote a bunch of big number ones, those kind of things. And uh, me and Parker were briefly roommates for a second. Me and him and Randy Rogers shared a little flat oh. in Nashville on, on Music Row. <laughs> like it, we never saw each other, you know. But anyway, I saw him across the room. I said, "What's going on, Parker?" He said, "Brent, man, what you been up to? I feel like I see your name everywhere." <laughs> I said, "Well, I have to keep a lot of different irons and a lot of different fires because I didn't have just one thing that took off for me." <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, man, I stay pretty busy. It's it's a good time. I actually heard about uh, in one of your interviews about that apartment that you guys shared, which is a genius move, right? Because you're you guys are often, I imagine, in town for business, but not all the time. Different reasons, yeah. Different times, yeah. Uh-huh. What was that like? Was it like a college dorm kind of atmosphere? Or? Well, we uh, no, not not when I got in late. So here's the the, the story on that is it was originally Randy Wade Bowens and their manager, and. Uh, and for the, you know, the same reasons we do, but they, they originally got in on it, I think in like 2008. And, um, the first time I met Randy was not until 2017 or so. And Adam Hood was in town and, you know, me and Adam go way back and, uh, and Red Shahan had just been in and I had wrote with Red and, uh, and he was staying over at Randy's place and we swung by there to grab a beer after I write. And uh, I was like, man, this is perfect. You know, it's right here on the road, a little small studio, one bedroom, got a little uh, balcony area. This is something I've kind of always dreamed of. Not the nicest place in the world, but I bet it was real nice in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it ain't the worst place either. But anyway, so we went by there. And uh, and then later, about a week or so later, Adam was in town. He said, man, Randy Rogers is down at Losers. We should go down there at this bar in town. He said, we should go down there and, and say, hey. And I said, man, I've never met Randy. He said, oh, we got to go. Let's go down there. So we'll get down there. And uh, 
Randy was in rare form. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like, he, say, like hey, he often is, right? Imagine that. <laughs> Man, you know, me too, I'm sure. I'm not talking any smack. And uh, and I said, I said, hey, Randy, you know, I'm Brent. It's good to meet you. Uh, I just saw your place the other week with Red Shahan. That's a cool place you got. And he said, first thing Randy Rogers ever says to me, he goes, want to be my roommate? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so it just kind of worked out. And it, Parker had gotten out of it shortly thereafter, and so we got Hood in. So now it's me, Randy Rogers, and Adam Hood. Yeah, we just kind of rotate. You know, we all stay in the road, and it, it uh, it's pretty efficient to have when we need it. Yeah, I bet. And I I got to tell you my Randy Rogers story real quick, if you don't mind. I don't mind at all. So last summer, we had the pleasure of interviewing Randy and Wade on one of their shows in St. Louis. And uh, we're sitting there before the interview starts, and he goes, oh, shit. He goes, Troy Aikman just texted me. And I'm like, holy cow, that happens a lot. You know, I know there's a lot of Dallas Cowboy connection there, but I was like, holy <laughs> cow, does that happen a lot? I was just floored by that. But I bring up the Cowboys because – you know, you just got done playing Jerry's World with Luke Combs. How was that experience? Oh, good God, man. It was, uh, yeah, I've never never been there before. It, it was, uh, you know, 52,000 people and that particular place to be the first one. It was pretty surreal. It, everything just kind of looked like a, uh, I don't know, it looked like a dream. It looked like a, like a, it didn't look real. It looked like a picture. It's, it's pretty, it's hard to believe that we were there. Yeah, and it sounds like the rest of your summer is kind of filled up with a lot of those stadium tours with with Luke. We'll be seeing you this Thursday, March 30th at Off-Broadway. And the next time you're in town, when next time you're in St. Louis, you'll be playing Bush Stadium this summer, June 17th with Luke Combs. Yeah, I can't, you know, I met Luke nine years ago when he first moved to town. And um, he, uh, a buddy of mine asked if I would want to, he said, man, there's a guy that just moved to town. He's a fan of yours. Would you want to have a beer and hang out with him? He just wants to hang out, maybe ask you a couple of questions. I was like, sure, man, it sounds great. It was Luke Combs. And uh, I made a post yesterday. If you told me back then that we'd be doing that, <laughs> that he'd be doing a stadium tour and asked me to come out and open for a whole summer, I, I might have believed it. he'd have been on there because he was pretty on fire back then, you could tell. But uh, glad to be out there with him. That's pretty incredible. And I love what you're doing. It sounds like – or kind of looks like your off dates, you're doing maybe smaller clubs, but then you obviously have those huge stadium tours. This week, we're going to be catching you at Off-Broadway in St. Louis, Thursday, March 30th. Doors are at 7, yep. show 8 p.m., $25, all ages. And I love your opener. We, we spoke with her the other day, Miss Britt Taylor. Oh, yeah, man. Britt is another one that's been doing it a long time. And uh, this album, her new album is so good. She had Sturgill and David Ferguson co-produced, and uh, man, she's she's been doing it like as long as I've been doing it. A lot of times, I tell a half joke. It's only taken me almost twenty years to get to the bottom. I'm just glad to be here. There you go. <laughs> you know, with such a storied career as yours, can you look back on your career? You know, is there a defining moment for you that you think that you can think of, or that you can recall, or maybe a couple? Uh, I got several of them, but but more than anything, there's not been like one moment. For me, it's more, uh, man, you know, I kind of came to terms a few years, several years back now, really, I guess, that that my career would be just a long-term thing, you know, and I've, and I've had a lot of really cool moments along the way, 
and uh, I, I hope to keep having a bunch of cool moments. Someday I'll be like, I'll be really old, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I'll be I'll be laid up in there, and you know maybe I'll take my last breath, and all of a sudden everybody will go, damn, you know that Brent Cobb, and, and he he always he was pretty good the whole time. That all them years, he was always pretty good. <laughs> I'll be gone. <laughs> it's uh, it's been amazing. It's a cool life, and I'm glad that I get to do it at all. I also heard in an interview that you were talking about how your records changed or maybe the idea of your records changed once you became a father. I know we're several years into fatherhood now and I'm a father as well, but uh, yep. you kind of talked about how your records are almost chronicling your life in a way that way your kids yep. can go back and listen to kind of where you were at points in your life. Yeah, I think I've always done that, but, but now it's also more, um, I definitely always keep in mind that they could maybe, you know, listen to them like reading a book and more the stuff that I had done before having kids. It was more, uh, it was, it was a little more eclectic. And then now this is, this is a little more cohesive. You know, how do you do that? How do you balance family and career? Does it uh, change some of the decisions you make or some of the things you sign, the, sign on to? By the skin of my teeth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> barely. It's not easy. It's, uh, the hardest part of the whole thing really It's uh, you know, my dad in 1992, Doug Stone had flew him to Nashville and uh, he had the opportunity to, he went and met Giant Records and was going to sign with them and, and um, do the whole thing. And of course it was the 90s and so there wasn't FaceTime and stuff like that, but he was going to be gone a bunch. And I can remember, I grew up in a single wide trailer and I can remember laying in my bedroom and hearing my folks talk in the kitchen, them single wide walls are thin, you know, right. and uh and I could hear, I remember hearing them talk about how much he was going to be gone and he chose not to do it. And he just stayed real regional and a weekend warrior of touring. And, uh, I was, I was seven and I, rem, I, I was always grateful. But I was like, man, I'm glad that he stuck around, you know? And, uh, I hope my kids will understand that, uh, in this career and they, they're great, you know, they, they kind of get it, but, I hope they'll understand that Daddy couldn't say no to Luke Combs' World <laughs> Stadium tour. <laughs> right. And, uh, and man, and when I'm home, I'm home. I cut it all off. I cut everything else off. You know, there's a lot worse things that I could be doing that took me, it takes me away from my family. I mean, I could be, I could be serving for our country and not come back home. You know, so it's, uh, it's all balanced, man. I'm tired all the time, but who the hell ain't tired? Right. I think about my own father, and he was a you know blue collar guy. Worked all his life, worked hard. You know, I'm sure there were games maybe that he missed, or parts of my life that For he sure. missed out on. But I always, you know, as I got older and I matured, I knew that he was doing those things for us, for me and Absolutely. my sister and my family. Absolutely, and you know, well, me and my wife talk about it all the time. Is I could be back home cutting trees down again, and really, and she could be working. She's a pharmacist, a licensed pharmacist. She had practice since our son was born, but she keeps her license renewed, you know, just in case. <laughs> and uh, but I, if I was doing that, man, I'd probably see my kids less, really, than I do now. Like when I go out for stretches, I'm gone. But when I'm home, I'm really home. You know, I'm home for a while and getting treated home like vacation is kind of cool. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's probably the same amount of time, or even less. But it's just, it's just uh, built up. Yeah, right, yep. right. You mentioned your dad, and I know you grew up in a small church, Southern Baptist Church. Your newest record is obviously some hymns. You know, you talk about yeah. making records for people. Was that record for your family? Was that for your time when you were growing up with your grandpa being the music director and eventually your dad? 
all of those reasons, all of the above, and also just being a part of the history of some sort of small part of the story of country music. And that's what you're supposed to do. I always thought, you know, I always hoped I would. So that, but then growing up in a little Southern Baptist church, you know, another part of the story for my kids. And um, yeah, it's all those things. And even some of the family got to play on it, right? Uh, yeah. I uh, Well, I, first I did it with Dave Cobb, who's my cousin. Sure. That's how, that's how it all came about. I sent him a text, a cold text, and just said, hey, when are we going to make the gospel album, the Southern Gospel album? He said, man, our family would be so proud. And so, yeah, we did it together. And then, uh, well, my folks came, and my mom and dad sang, and my sister sang on it. And uh, me and my wife co-wrote along with Mike from Mike and the Moon Pies, the only original song on there. The rest of them are all Southern Gospel standards. But, yeah, it was a whole family affair. Yeah, it's a great record. It reminds me, are you familiar with the Billy Strings new record with him and his dad playing the old uh, blue, bluegrass ones? Dude, I haven't listened to that record yet, but I can't wait to. I, I just haven't been in the mind to like sit down and dig in, but I thought the same thing. It's like, man, that's what I'm talking about. That's what it's all about. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a musician. I'm not an artist, but I think some songs are for some people and some are for ourselves. You know, some of the things, some of the art that sure. we might do is for others, but then a lot of it is for us, you know, and that seemed like for such sure. a sort of a passion piece for you and something that maybe you maybe wanted to even do your whole life. Absolutely. For sure it was. With that being said, is this your most special record, you think? Uh, man, it's hard to tell. I just always try to view it as, as a, a part of the body of work that was some. You know, like, I don't know that any of them is most special or more important than any of the others. I think that they're all working towards the same end body of work. I think it's a pretty big part of it. And you got such a storied career and with some amazing songs and amazing albums. I mean, obviously, Providence Canyon and Digging Holes and Keep Thank Them you, keep them On Their Toes. And we're such a big fan here at the barn. We can't wait to see you this week, Thursday, March 30th. At Off Broadway in St. Louis, Doors Seven Show at eight eight o'clock, twenty five dollars, all age. Come out and see Britt Taylor and Mr. Brent Cobb. Brent, we appreciate your time today, man. Man, thank you very much for having me. Thank y'all for wanting to. Thanks for caring. We'll see y'all shortly. Well, I ought to be working in a coal mine, neck deep in black lung soot, swinging a pick at that mountainside. Halfway to China I think I would Fit right in Where the sun don't shine She's better off alone Yeah, I 